Welcome to the Good Dog Pod. I am your host, Laura Reeves. Here at the Good Dog Pod, we are all about supporting dog breeders and responsible dog ownership. We provide dog lovers with the latest updates in canine health and veterinary care, animal legislation and legal advocacy, canine training and behavior science, and dog breeding practices. Subscribe and join our mission today to help give our dogs the world they deserve. Welcome to the Good Dog Pod. I am your host, Laura Reeves, and we're talking this whole month about the fact that as the pandemic is starting to open back up again, people are going back to work, and sometimes people who have acquired a new dog during the pandemic, which lots and lots and lots of people did, that dog has never really experienced the concept of everybody being gone all day. So we're talking about some of the ways that we can cope. And back in the 80s, when I was a kid, there was a thing called a latchkey kid. And so we're going to talk today with Kristen Sandstead, who's a certified professional dog trainer. And we're going to talk about latchkey puppies. (laughs) Welcome, Kristen. Thank you so much for having me on. It kind of blows my mind that I am now in the generation that the kids don't know what our sayings are. (laughs) What latchkey kids are. I know. it's That was mind-boggling to me. I'm not going to lie to you. So now we're going to coin a new phrase. It is latchkey puppies. Love it. So as folks are starting to go back to work, maybe they're going to go back to an office. The kids are starting to go back to school. There's not going to be someone at home. And whether this is a newly acquired dog that was acquired during the pandemic or an existing dog in the household who's become accustomed to somebody's here to pat me and feed me a cookie at every hour of the day, we need to start thinking about how we're going to transition these dogs to, again, being, if you will, latchkey puppies. So let's talk about it. Give me some tips and tricks. What's your favorite? So I am a huge proponent of crate training and crate games. Primarily because at some point your dog is going to need to be crated, whether they're waiting their turn between tubby time and haircut time at the dog spa or God forbid that they get injured or sick and have to be hospitalized at the vet clinic or have to do crate rest to attempt to prevent, let's say, a surgery So I'm a huge proponent of crate games and having dogs that are comfortable and confident with being in a crate. Even if your dream world is that you leave for work and your dog has full run of the house. Not all dogs can handle that kind of responsibility. That is There's many children that can't handle that kind of responsibility. (laughs) So I'm saying... Right. So I'm a huge proponent of crate games, even if your ideal world is not using it in your daily 40 hour a week work routine. My mind does a really great job of going to worst case scenario. So by having my dogs in crates when I'm not at home, I have peace of mind that I know exactly where they are. I know what they are doing And I'm not running those scenarios. Did I leave the iron on? Did I leave the stove on? Did I put the towel on top of the burner? Right. All those. What is my puppy doing? What is my dog doing? What if, what if, what if? And I can just relax and go do my stuff knowing that my dog is secure and safe. Excellent. The best time 
to practice crate games is ironically during a pandemic when everyone's working from home yes. and you can practice it 150 times a day, but maybe in the beginning, only 30 to 90 seconds a pop. So I always recommend high frequency, short duration. And so if you're planning on going back to work, you've got three, four weeks before you actually have to do half days or full days. Now would be a great time to practice getting in those crates. Or if you're just going to seclude your dog to one room of the house, practicing that now. I've had a couple of musketeers, that's what big moose dog training fans are called. Yes. Ask me about what to do. I'm headed back to work next month. What can I do? What should I do? And so you want to practice that during your Zoom meetings or whatnot now so that if it doesn't go well, you have the ability to practice it in shorter periods of time before you mandatory have to leave for four, six, eight hours. Right. The other nice thing about practicing while you are at home is it gives you a wonderful opportunity to reinforce your dog when they're doing it right. Because behaviors that are reinforced will be repeated. So things that get us paid and feel good, we do more of. So being able to walk past your dog's crate and drop a handful of kibble or treats in when they're being quiet sets them up for being able to chillax in their crate for greater and greater minutes of the day without being, oh my God, why am I in here? She's over there. She's not with me. I want to do the thing and I'm missing out. And they get themselves all worked up. Right. I have a ton of videos on crate games all over my social media, YouTube, IGTV, Facebook. I've got short 30-second clips. I've got 10-minute how-to clips. Perfect. Lots of ways to implement crate training into your daily routine and practice when you can only do five minutes instead of having to do five hours. Okay. So since we don't have a video clip here, walk us through that. What does that look like? Give us a good scenario. I want to have my dog spend five minutes in the crate five times today. How am I going to do that? Well, my first question is, have you been using your crate at all during COVID? Right. Because if you have not, we're going to start someplace different than somebody who has a dog that was already spending time in the crate before we started working from home. So we meet everybody where they're at. Some puppies were puppies and we just had them in the house and they've never asked to be in a crate. So if you have a dog, you have a crate and you have not once ever used it. It's just collected dust in the corner. Let's start there. Yes. Then where I would start is breakfast, lunch, and dinner, whatever time of day works best for you to work with it. You're going to measure out your food, grab your dog's bowl, and go sit by the crate and toss a treat, toss the kibble into the crate. And when your dog sticks their head in and eats that kibble, you're going to use your marker word. I use the word yes. Yes. And you're going to toss one more kibble into the crate. 
So a marker word takes a picture of the split second your dog does it right. Whatever the it is that you happen to be working on at that point in time. So we start with, are you willing to put your face in the crate? Fabulous. If I toss it a little further, are you willing to put your face and one foot in the crate? We break it down into little slivers of behavior, not big, heavy. And I like doing it off leash where my dog has all of the choices. And I'm just going to pay for the choices that I like. And the choices I don't like, I'm just going to not pay for, pretend like they didn't happen. So generally speaking, sitting on the floor next to the crate, it's real easy to, within five minutes, have a dog that is willing to get all four feet in the crate. That's your first session. That's it. Come back in 30 minutes with the rest of the dog food, and we're going to see if they won't voluntarily put all four feet. We're not going to worry about the door at all. You can even tie it so it stays open or sit so that it cannot physically close. And then once our dog is, anytime you move towards the crate, running in, hey, pay me, pay me, look where I'm at, wiggle, waggle, I'm so smart, then we're going to do shut the door, open the door. We're not asking him to stay in for any duration, just getting used to having that door shut and then right back open. I like the phrase five for five. So when you do five perfect repetitions, couldn't be any better, then you raise the bar. So if right, I've got good. a dog that five times in a row, we don't just walk into the crate, but we bing, get in there, la la, here I am. Five perfect, I couldn't be happier reps, open, shut the door. So then we're going to latch the door and then open it right back up. So five perfect reps of that. Take a break, go do your Zoom meeting, brush your teeth, get ready, whatever you're working on, and come back. And so then from there... We're going to shut the door and then ask them to stay in there one second. One Mississippi. Open the door. Invite them back out. So you can get through a lot of dog food in a short amount of time. You and I have talked in other podcasts and other times about basically throwing away your dog food bowl and paying them in meals to do the particular tasks that you have asked them to do. Yes. I am thoroughly convinced that the fastest way to slow down a dog's eating and eliminate resource guarding the food bowl is to meal prep your dogs, put it in Ziploc bags, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and feed it throughout the day for learning and education time. And so you can really slow down their eating. You can really ramp up engagement and enrichment in your daily routine. Your toy breeds that sometimes Their blood sugar, blood glucose can dip throughout the day if we do breakfast and then six hours and then lunch and then six hours. If you're feeding that throughout the day, you can keep that blood sugar higher. Mm -hmm. Just like technically we're supposed to be eating six small meals throughout the day. Are you failing at that like I am? (laughs) It's the small that I have a problem with, Kristen. If I'm going to have six meals, I'm going to have six meals. And here we are with the pandemic found. So I'm saying... Yes, or your giant breeds who are just hungry all the time. So instead of four cups in a sitting, all sitting in their stomach, you can kind of even that out throughout the day. So from there, open, close the door. Can your dog quietly hang out in there four seconds, 10 seconds, 15 seconds? Depending on the size of your dog, you can adjust how much kibble you're feeding. 
at any given reinforcer. So if I've got a chihuahua, I'm probably going to feed one kibble at a time. One kibble. If I have, My chihuahua only right? gets six kibbles. So I'm saying all day, <laughs> the whole meal. Exactly. So if I've got an English Mastiff, I'm probably going to feed half a cup just right. dropped in that crate. So I got 10 cups of dog food to get through right. in a day. Decide what you want it to be called. Go to your room, kennel up, go crate. Whatever you want your cue to be that tells your dog you're going to your box, start practicing that. Kennel up, and will they get all four feet in? And so from there, then we start asking 30 seconds, 90 seconds, one minute. It's a great crate game to practice, like, during breakfast. So I'm waiting for my coffee to broil. I'm waiting for my eggs to cook in the microwave. Every 45, 90 seconds, I'm going to walk past and drop some kibble into that crate because my dog is in there and quiet. They're not tap dancing. They're not whining. They're not digging at the front. And then I'm going to sit, eat my breakfast near the crate where every 90 seconds, two minutes, three minutes, I can drop another handful in there. And then when I'm done with breakfast, I'm going to let my dog out. They can go out to go potty, whatever. And just gradually building the time that you ask them to stay in their crate. Cool, calm, collected. Yes. There's some other things that you can do once you're starting to get 30 minutes, 60 minutes, 90 minutes of duration to make crate time more entertaining without increasing your risk of your dog eating something that is not supposed to be eaten. I'm a huge fan of the Kong toys. Yes. If you're only going to invest money in one dog toy, the Kong is really where it's at. If you're only going to buy one toy, they're so diverse and versatile. So mixing up a fun little Kong recipe to give your dog something to do break up the day. You can even freeze them if you have a dog who is a pro and can just snarf it out and get it cleaned out in 10 seconds or less. If you're just introducing that Kong toy, start easy. So if either you have a brand new puppy or a dog who's acted like, you know, they lick it a couple times and then walk away even though there's still food in it, you might have made it too hard too fast. So just filling it up with their dog food and then putting it in their crate. So as they move it around and kick it out, that dog food just freely falls out. Right. And then, you know, maybe after two, three days of that, you mix it with either some applesauce or a little bit of plain Greek yogurt. So it's got a little bit more substance, but it's not jammed in their frozen chicken broth. Right. That is the one toy that I have always felt very comfortable leaving in my dog's crates with not worried about, are they going to destroy it, swallow the squeaker, break a tooth on it, things like that. No, I love the Kong toys. And I want to go back just really briefly, and I want to touch on when do we not let the dog out of the crate? You're doing your practicing. and you were talking about the calm, cool, collected dog. What about the dog that's not calm, cool, and collected? So if you have a dog that's not calm, cool, and collected, I would start by evaluating the front end of the exercise. Are they willing to go in there all four feet? 
Are they comfortable when you close and open the door? Can you close it for 10 seconds? Can you close it to 15? Because let's be real, and I am probably on the guiltiest of guilty ends. We all get in a hurry to get to the thing, to get to the finish line. So we're always in a hurry, rushing the process. And I am guiltier than most because patience is not any one of my virtues. So oftentimes we're like, hey, they did 10 seconds. And then we jump to 30 minutes and wonder why it didn't go so well. (laughs) Because there's a lot of time between 10 seconds and 30 minutes. And your dog might not have been ready for that. The other thing that I like to do is I call it click for the quiet. So sometimes our dogs have either practiced being fools in their crate, crying and carrying on and tap dancing and digging at the door. We've jumped too far too fast. We've all done it. It all happens. The Zoom meeting went long and now they're coming undone. So cannot physically inhale and bark at the same time. Those are two completely incompatible behaviors. So regardless of how much your dog is carrying on, at some point, they're going to need to inhale. And in that brief second where they take a breath in, you're going to have a second of silence. So using that marker word, the brief second that they inhale, yes, and then running over and dumping kibble into their crate, (laughs) oftentimes the dog will be like, wait, what just happened? And you can buy yourself another two to three seconds of silence that you can reinforce. Nice. So no, I do not let my dog out of the crate when they're having a hissy fit. And in fact, if I have a dog that is carrying on and making a stink, I wait until they are quiet and all four feet are still. And then I either A, click and feed in, or if I suspect it's maybe a potty emergency, I still use my marker word and then I use my release word free as I open that crate and allow them to come out. Perfect. Because I've already captured or taken a picture of that second of silence. So having the temper tantrum in the cereal aisle is not going to get you Captain Crunch. Being polite and quiet in the cereal aisle is more likely to allow you the opportunity to pick the cereal of the options I give you. Yes, that was where I was going. So thank you. That's what what I was hoping for. So, okay, we have time for one more tip or trick for our latchkey puppies. I love this walkthrough that you did on crate training. This is amazing. I love Kong toys. Give me one more. Okay. Setting your timer and practicing your new routine before you have to, must to use it is going to be important. And I'm going to try to slip two in. I know you said only one. It's okay. Make time in your schedule to get your dog out for a walk. Get them some more physical exercise. That is going to help counter the less goofing off playing human engagement that you've had when you were at home. Not everyone wants to set their alarm for Ojark 30 to get up and walk. Like, that's not their favorite thing. The good news is you can also add a lot of other enrichment into your daily routine. And mental exercise is more tiring than physical. I can get your dogs twice as tired in half the amount of time 
making them think and use their brains than if I snap the leash on and ask them to pick up and put down their footies and go for a walk. So if you're not a fan, the bright side is there's a ton of ways that you can add enrichment and mental exercise into your morning routine. One of the free Facebook groups I run twice a year is indoor games. Stereotypically pre-COVID, when the kids go back to school, the dogs struggle. They've had kids home all summer. Right. The back to school schedule is crazy busy. People don't have time to go for walks and play in the backyard like they used to. However, there are a ton of ways that you can add enrichment and mental exercise into a jam-packed schedule. A boggle ball or a buster cue. Again, you're going to put that food in a toy that your dog has to push around and get that kibble out. I had a wire hair puppy. <laughs> they must have constant supervision. So when she was four, five, six, seven months old, and I'm trying to get in and up and ready and going, I could fill up her boggle ball and baby gate her in the kitchen. And it was a super loud toy. Rattle, 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 wham. I could keep track of what she was doing, even though I was in a different room. Because again, it's a loud toy. But I could hear her. I knew she wasn't getting into trouble. She was getting extra steps in. She was working her brain. She was working her nose. She was working her legs. She was slowing down her eating. And she could do that while I was brushing my teeth, brushing my hair, picking out my clothes, doing all of my other morning routine. So things like a boggle ball or a buster cube allows you to keep ears on your dog, even when you can't have eyes on your dog. There's also a million food puzzle toys out on the market. They're not all created equal. My favorite, I got it for my birthday, is it looks like a giant rose, and it has pieces and parts that you can pull out and put in. I can put two cups of dog food in this thing. I've timed it. It takes Arrow 30 minutes to get it all eaten and cleaned up. That's an example. I've seen other similar snuffle mat where you load up the thing with food. Yes. And that is not one that I would allow to have in her crate because I am thoroughly convinced it would be ready for the the garbage by the time I got home. But in a morning or evening or over the lunchtime routine, it works really well. Doing things like asking your dogs to put their front feet on a step stool, asking your dogs to jump over a broom handle. Like you can do 10 minutes of that on your lunch break and have your dog more tired than 10 minutes of fetch because fetch doesn't require a lot of brain power. It's just kind of that OCD, repetitive, you kind of put your brain in sleep mode. So by asking your dogs to think and do new things, learn some new tricks, earn an AKC trick title. You can do that via video. You don't have to go to a class. Yep. Look at the virtual home manners test items. Work on some of those. Again, you don't have to join a group class. You don't have to find an hour once a week or two or three to drive to the class, take the class, drive home. There's lots of fun things that you can do at home. Earn some titles for your dog and build extra engagement and enrichment in 10, 15, 20 minutes during the day. Absolutely. And as we've talked about before, Kristen, many of those titles are available to AKC partner dogs or AKC pal dogs that are not 
AKC Purebred registered. They're available to everybody. Absolutely, which is fantastic. I love that they're allowed to do that. So thinking about creative ways to have your dogs think and use their brains. And that way, when you have to leave the house, I'm going to ask you to do some thinking stuff here in the morning. Then you're going to be perfectly content to chill out for four hours, come home, maybe walk at a new location over Mm -hmm. lunch. Mm -hmm. And then that visual stimulation of being someplace new, new sights, new sounds, new smells. Dogs are more ready to crash out for the four hours till you get home from the end of the day. We all are creatures of habit. So oftentimes we go for our walks. We leave our front porch and we have walk A and we have walk B. And then we might have a third route that maybe sometimes used, but we generally don't venture outside of this route or that route. And so getting in the car, walking to a local strip mall and walking around the strip mall or tag team groceries. One person does pick up, the other person walks around the Hy-Vee parking lot or the Walmart parking lot. Not necessarily up against the doors, but On the far side, you can see shopping carts. You can see people pushing shopping carts. Visually, that's a lot. For a lot of our dogs, they literally have been isolated, quarantined, four walls of their house. Along with us. Yeah, that's it. They haven't seen anything. So what we're starting to run into is people are like, oh, we're opening things back up and we're doing things. And then we take these dogs out. And they're totally unprepared for sites other than the four walls of the house. I mean, they're struggling at the vet clinics too. Annual vaccines are due and the dog hasn't been in a car, hasn't gone for a drive. And it's overwhelming for them. Right. So even breaking down little things like that to get your dog ready for, I'd love 2019 to make a comeback. (laughs) (laughs) You know, being able to get back and... Post-pandemic. We're just going with post-pandemic, Kristen. <laughs> We're all dream, ready. Dream big. <laughs> I know. We dream every day. All right. Well, Kristen, these are fabulous, fabulous tips and tricks for the latchkey puppies. And I'm thrilled that you could join me. I really, really appreciate your time, your insight, your enthusiasm, and your great dog training ideas. Well, thank you so much. I was so flattered to be on and that you asked me. I really appreciate it. Good Dog is a secure online community that advocates for dog breeders, educates the public, helps informed puppy buyers connect directly with certified good breeders, and promotes responsible dog ownership. Good Dog is offering its good breeders special advanced access to the video recordings and transcripts for the full three-part Q&A webinar series with Dr. Hutchinson. All you have to do is sign up as a breeder at gooddog.com slash join. That is g-o-o-d-d-o-g dot com slash join. Or click the link in the show notes.